Hey folks, welcome to Fun the Pew. I'm Lucas Kittleberger, your host here. Thanks for listening in today. Today on the podcast, we have Gabi and Hadassah Caballero. Now, Gabi is the son of the great Oscar and Karen Caballero from Asuncion, Paraguay. They're my good friends. And uh, he and his wife are now living in Paraguay and working at the church mission that was started there by his parents uh, several years ago. Uh, I know Gabi from the several missions trips that I've taken to Paraguay, as well as he was at Eastern Camp last year, along with his wonderful wife, Hadassah, who I got to meet and know a little bit better there. So today we're going to be talking about uh, the the state of the church and what's going on in the, the church that was started several years ago. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Gabi's role in the church and, and Hadassah's role in the church. They, Gabi has taken up a, a youth pastor role, and Hadassah is working with some of the, the children's programs there. Um, and they're doing some really inspiring things there, so uh, stay tuned for that. I hope you enjoy uh, the conversation here. I really enjoyed it. I sort of had a, a tough day at work when uh, when we recorded this, and it was really encouraging to sit down with these guys and hear their passion for what they're doing, hear their passion for the Lord, um, and to listen about what is going on in Paraguay, the place that I love very dearly and have dear ones there. So without further ado, please welcome Gabi and Hadassah Caballero. Hey folks, I'm here with my good friend Gabi Caballero and his wife Hadassa. Hi Gabi and Hadassa, how are you guys? Hello, how's it going Lucas? We're really good. Hi everyone. That's good. So you guys are tuning in from where? Um, we're tuning in from San Antonio, Paraguay. How English of you, Paraguay. 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 <laughs> Eso. Um, yeah, glad to have you guys on. Glad that you, uh, th- thank you for, for being willing to do this. And uh, I'm excited to catch up with you guys and figure out what you've been doing. And also to chat a little bit about... Um, some other personal stuff, I guess, uh, that I'm interested in. And, and, um, so I guess first off, um, I'm curious mainly from Gabi, although Hadassah, if you want to chime in at any time, please feel free. Um, so, uh, when, when we first met and you were like, whatever, like 14 or 15, um, Back in the day when I uh, went on work teams to Paraguay, um, and then so w- then we met, and then when I was in Paraguay for uh, for a year, you were in America, um, yeah. in Florida. Is that correct? Yeah, I was studying in in Florida. Okay, um, I'm curious about what what was that, um, and specifically, I guess. Um, what your mother had told me is that you 
when you went to Florida, you came back a really different person than when you left Paraguay to Florida. Um, and I'm curious about what your perception of that was and, and what it was about, um, about, I guess your studies probably, but, but what about your time in Florida? Um, was it that, uh, that really affected you in a profound way? Well, um, I went to Florida in 2013, right after I, I finished a course with um, YWAM also, so mm-hmm. Youth with a Mission. So I, I basically started doing like missionary work and started to be trained um, to be a missionary basically. And after that, I came back to Paraguay and I kind of was like not feeling connected uh, here. And I felt like I I wasn't having like the sense of purpose that I had when I was doing YWAM. So I basically told my mom like I need to I need to go somewhere again like uh, in a seminary or do another YWAM or something like that because I wanted to grow more in in my spiritual growth and um, I had the opportunity to go to Florida um, to the church the Vine the Vine Ministries mm-hmm. and it's a seminary so it was like a two year course to teach you about ministry and basically to become a pastor in the future in the church there. So basically I, I went there for two years and, and God really started treating with me like, um, the sense of purpose inside of ministry, you know, church ministry. And, and God really taught me first of all, like the first year was really treating my character, like a bunch of things that I needed to grow and a bunch of things that I needed to change and, and accept like things that God wanted to do in my life. So, yeah, then the second year I I started growing ministry-wise. Like the first year was a lot of character growth. And then the second year I I was really learning how to do ministry stuff and and like actually grow inside of the church, like learning how to open a life group or a small group or cell group, however they call it in in the different churches Mm -hmm. in the United States. So basically like then God spoke to me to come back to Paraguay. And that's when, that's when God like really put in my heart, like, I want you to go back. I didn't have plans of my own to go back. Like it wasn't an initiative from myself, like, oh, I want to go to Paraguay because I was doing good in the church there in the vine and in my studies and all that. But then, um, I decided to come back because my mom also offered me like to work in the school and, and work in church and stuff like that. So basically I came back to Paraguay like as a full-time let's say missionary again or or a full-time worker in church Mm -hmm. so yeah basically florida made me grow spiritually in my character and ministry wise like it trained me a lot to to be ready for what we're doing here today Mm -hmm. um i'm curious um and i i guess i don't know a whole lot about your your background, although I know a little bit, um, what, um, what was your takeaway from, cause so, well, okay. You guys met in Florida. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. At at the same, the, the, the seminary there, correct? Yeah. So what were some of your big takeaways from that experience? Like what, well, I guess what had led you to that point to want to do that? And then what were some takeaways from that? 
Well, I grew up with this dream of living in the States for a while. So I always had that in my heart that one day I would go and spend some time in, some time in the States. And when I turned 18, um, I saw the opportunity of going and doing the seminary. My dad had some contacts with the church, so that's what connected me to Florida. And that's where we met, Gavi and I, because he was there already. Mm -hmm. So it was, for me, a dream experience that I always had in my heart. I always loved American culture and all that. So I was living my dream for a year in the States. And um, I also wanted to stay there until God told me that it wasn't time anymore. It was time to go back and um, go back to Brazil and wait for the next step, which was um, here in Paraguay after we got married. So it was actually, for me, the States, a connection for my future. Because once I planned on leaving in the States, but God had Paraguay for me. And the connection with Paraguay was Gavi in the States. So the States was actually, let's say, a bridge between my past and the future that God had for me. And I loved the experience. The seminary was great. Like Gavi said, it treats your character and teaches you a lot. And because of that, I'm able to be here in Paraguay. It, it tested me also being away from my family and all that. So that's why it helped me a lot for the future life that God had for me. So... I love seminary and I love the experience and I love that God brought my future husband with it. And I'm here in Paraguay also um, enjoying the ministry that God has for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can I can attest what, what you said about challenging you in particular ways. I can attest to that by by uh, the, with the time that I was living where you guys are now. Um, it was it's definitely one of the most defining experiences that I've ever made in my life. Um, and I was really, really challenged in a lot of ways, and it really shaped who I am right now. So, I mean, living living away from home, living far away from home can really do that. Um, yeah. So, so um, you guys, Hadassah, how old are you, and how old are you, Gabi? I'm 23. Okay. And um, I turned 24 last year. Okay. And you guys are pregnant with your first child now. Um, yeah. Woo. How many uh, or, or how long till, till the baby's due? He's due July. So we have less than two months left. <laughs> yeah, um, buddy. <laughs> so I'm curious to hear from you guys what are your thoughts on young parenthood? Um, because at least here in the States, like it's, I would say it's pretty rare to be having children at your age. Um, there, there's some people who do it and maybe some people in, in the apostolic church who are open to that because I would say overall people marry more young, um, in the church than they would do, um, otherwise, um, in our culture. But what are your thoughts on being your age and um, and beginning to pursue parenthood? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I think it, it doesn't only apply to, like, Christian people because where I work, um, students also ask me, like, what? You're so young. How are you going to be a dad? Mm -hmm. or, yeah. 
are all these type of questions that they they wonder why so young and and everything like that but we together we believe that i mean god sent i mean oliver which is going to be our son he he sent him for a, a purpose already you know what i mean we we mm-hmm. wanted one we we waited two years and and Hadassah also she told me like i need some some roots in paraguay you know because mm-hmm. there's there's a moment where where when you're a missionary that that if you don't have roots in a place and then the sense of purpose starts to get like fuzzy and and you start like doubting stuff so we had this moment in our marriage where where she told me she's like i need roots in paraguay and and, and having a baby will, will be one of them and we both had peace about it with god and and we just told god like hey we're gonna do it and and we're gonna let you do it in your time you know we're not gonna uh pressure like hey we want this now or or right. five years we just said like oh well we'll let god lead the way he'll open the doors he'll he'll decide you know what i mean and and we believe that that the generation that is rising up is is, is the next one you know and the kids mm-hmm. and and that's how Hadassah's working also with the ministry of kids like we believe that that there's there's a big thing coming for the next generation so like like you said it's is some some places it's, it's a little weird or awkward to be like, hey, how old are you? You're 24, 23, and you guys are having a baby already. So we mm-hmm. we get where you're you're asking us that from, but like we believe that God has a purpose for it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 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 we believe that that God did it in His own time. You know, and because that's how we left it in God's hands. We're like, it's gonna be your time, and and you'll decide. You know, mm-hmm. and and He did, and so. We, I can't say that I'm like, uh, I'm totally ready for it because right. it's gonna be my firstborn, uh, like my first kid, but uh, I'm excited for it, you know, because, um, I believe in, in what God has for our family and, and like I was talking about, like roots and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, b- before we were talking a little bit about, b- before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about, about image. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I sort of think it's a weird concept to, to try and control in some ways, like what you're portraying to the people around you. I mean, it makes sense, but it's sort of weird in some ways, but what's your, what's your take on, on, I guess maybe the, the image or example that you're portraying to, let's say the youth in the church, um, because, uh, and the reason why I ask that is because, well, first marriage is a big responsibility, right? Yeah. Um, but then, you know, to, to have a child is, is a whole nother strata on top of that, um, with taking on the responsibility. And in some ways, you know, it's, it's, it's encouraging, I think for me, even who I'm older than you are to, to see young people, being willing to take on the responsibility of of having a child, um, because I feel like that that makes you in some ways into like real men and women of God, you know, t- taking yeah. on responsibility to do that. Um, so, yeah. is is are, are you feeling that at all that that um, that young young people, let's say in the church, are 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 perceptive of that or no 
Yeah, we we see that the the youth, at least in our church, they're very excited because um, right now Hadas and I were pastors of the youth, right? Mm-hmm. So we have another leader that is under us, that is future pastor also from the church. Uh, and we're training him to later on in the future become a pastor. And um, he also had a kid recently. He's mm-hmm. 20, 26, and his wife is like 24 also. And so our youth are seeing like um, that it's not like a joke. It's not like, a, oh, it was just an unplanned thing and, mm-hmm. and we're not taking care of it or it's it was uh, like it's going to be a burden, you know. Because they see how that's working like 24-7 with Escuela de Vida or or with the, the Domingo kids, like the Sunday kids that mm-hmm. we call it here. And, and she's pregnant, like seven months pregnant. And the youth are like, dude, how, how are you doing this? Or what are you going to do when, when your kid is born and stuff like that? And, and, and we always teach them like, okay, the kid is the blessing of, of a house. You know, it's the happiness and the joy of a house. But it doesn't stop the ministry from, from growing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so, so we see that the youth are, are very like receptive and they see and they're happy for us and for the other leader that just had his his first son also like six months ago mm-hmm. and and like you said we we treat it as something like very responsible and as a big burden like what god is 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 giving to us you know not just oh it just happened because but we believe that there's a, a purpose behind it you know what i mean and and yeah of course we go through these doubts of like oh well we have everything we need or is it, how are we going to do with like sleep or ministry wise? How is it going to be? We, we have it like every human being will have it. Um, but we believe in, in the bigger picture, you know, like the bigger purpose that that God has and, and what he wants to do, even for the future of, of Paraguay, you know, because kids are are the next generation. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. they are like the seeds of, of great work that is happening down here or in any country in the world. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's my take on it. I don't know if you want to share anything. No, I think that that's right. I think also the youth, um, when they see a couple that is young, but that pay the price of waiting for the marriage and um, see a couple that works in ministry, they also get inspired to look for that in their future because we know that these days the youth have, sometimes lost their their values and sometimes they they don't wait and they don't want to pay the price of waiting for the marriage and sometimes the children come before a marriage and and sometimes that ruins um someone's life right Mm -hmm. so seeing someone that paid a price but still got the blessing of a marriage and now is having a son and how god blesses that also inspired them to look for that and mm-hmm. to wait and to keep themselves um, separated for the right person, and with the right person will come a family. And so we see that happening here. The the youth is they're inspired mm-hmm. by by the marriage and by a young couple that is willing to be faithful to each other and have a family grown together. And that's very rare these days. So that's why we can thank God be that inspiration for them also here in Paraguay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I'm, uh, can you, can you give us a, uh, a quick 
overview of the programs that you guys are involved in now in Paraguay and the programs that, well, well, I guess maybe starting with the church um, and, and the church that your, your family started, your parents started. Um, so yeah, what's, what, what's going on? What are the, the different programs and, and maybe give a, a quick history as well of the Las Garzas church. Yeah, well, Las Garzas Church started, I think, five years ago. Uh, this year, we we turned five years. And um, I wasn't here for the first two years of it. I came mm -hmm. um, in the third year. So, and then Hadassah came on the fourth year. So, we we are, like, brand new also in this, in this work. I wouldn't say it's, like, a new outreach because it's been five years and right, work right. is growing a lot. But it's it's a still it's still a new church. I mean, five years in growth, and and we're finally uh, breaking through. And and so, uh, basically, what we we started working really hard was with the adults and the youth in 2015. I mean, they they started the church. Obviously, they started the church in 2013. And I know you were a part of it for a little bit when mm -hmm. you were yeah still down here. So so you you know how how everything started and how everything was and and the different ministries that t started and, and today five years later i i can say that we're we're way ahead of of what i even envisioned that we would be you know mm -hmm. what i mean like 2015 i i came like with this passion like after god told me to come back and and with everything like trained wise from seminary and i was ready to do stuff and and then i i I collided against like culture, you know, because I'm like, oh, I want to do it the way I did it in the States. But then I'm like, it's not the same culture. Mm -hmm. So I kind of had to like come down a little bit of of what I was used to and, and realize this is like a brand new outreach. And I can't come here with all these ideals that I learned and everything like that. I have to submit to what they're actually doing because of culture. You know what I mean? Hadassah mm -hmm. had to go through the same thing because she comes from, from a church in Brazil also with, with a very big structure already. So we had to build from zero like the the youth group, for example. I'll speak for the youth group because um, that's what we're pastoring right now. Right. But um, we, had to, we had to start from zero, mm -hmm. like worship-wise, uh, pastoring wise, giving words and reaching out to people because there was probably like 10 max people, like youth, but I'm talking about 10 that five of them were faithful. You know, like five of them would come every Saturday. Right, right. And, and this is 2015 we're talking about. And 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 we sat down, Hadassah and I, and the other two leaders that were at that time, that was Ugo and, and Camila. Mm -hmm. And um, we, we sat down and we're like, we, we got to work, you know, we got to start, we got to reach the people. I mean, church isn't going to grow by itself because we know that. I mean, if the gospel isn't being uh, like spread out, then people aren't going to come. You know what I mean? So we said we have to work and we started working really hard, like investing in people, discipling people as in like having uh, training them to do what, what we're doing. You know, like, hey, you guys are called. God has a purpose for your life, and God wants to use you in church. You know, that that's the vision we had. That's the vision we started with. You know, like, God has a potential uh, a plan for you. 
And, and people, when you give them that sense of purpose, they believe it. And God starts, like, activating that inside of their hearts, you know. And, and, it, and it's not often that people come to you and say, hey, God has a purpose for you. And, and 18 years of my Christian life, um, I went to church, but nobody ever came up to me and, and said to me, like, hey, God has a purpose for you. And, and you can change, like, nations and you can change people. And I never heard that until I was 18, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and then when I heard it for the first time, it was weird. I was like, no, I can't. I mean, what do you mean I can be a leader? Or what do you mean God can use me in this? You know, I'm just, I just play guitar or something like that, mm -hmm. which yeah. I was doing back in the day. And, and then I started all that training that I talked about in Florida really made me grow in that. And, and that's what we started doing here. Like we started not giving purpose to people because it's God that gives it to them, but we started encouraging them like, yo, you're not here just to sit in church. You know, you're not here just to uh, warm a chair and listen to a preaching and, okay, thank you very much, Pastor, and then leave. You know, we say like God wants to do something through you in our neighborhood, you know, and it started working. I mean, from four leaders, we went to 12 last year and from I'm talking about these 10 people that were coming to youth group last year, we ended up the year with 50, 55 youth people Ooh. in two years of working, working hard and, right. and and loving and investing. And hey, God has something for you, you know, making them believe it because once they believe it, then they understand why they do church. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it, it's been a very big challenge as in work wise because it's it's not easy work because discipling is it takes it takes something from you like your time your patience or <laughs> your love your understanding your uh second chances you know so it's it's not the easiest thing to do but when there's purpose and when there's love and when god said to do it man it's it's awesome to do it so that's where we're at today. Like we're we're with 55 youth, and, and this year we we have a goal to reach 100 youth. So that is, mm -hmm. um, I I'm dreaming big for it, and uh, I have faith for it. But with faith, I need to work for it also. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. even the Bible says like faith without works is 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 nothing. I mean, it's dead. Mm -hmm. Basically, what it says. So. So yeah, that's that's what we're really pushing. At least for the youth that I'm sharing right now. Right, with you. right. Like we're we're pushing through to see what God wants to do in our church. You know, through the youth. Mm -hmm. So what's this uh, this this children's ministry that Hadassah is involved in? Because that's a different thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, we we have the Sunday kids services also happening on Sundays where the kids have their own um, service separated from the adults. Mm -hmm. They come straight to the Sunday kids. They have their worship time. Um, we share the word and they have activities because um, they're kids. They like to be active. Mm -hmm. So we give them the opportunity to, to do activities and, and play games. And at the end, we have always a snack for them. And throughout the week, we have the social project Escuela de Vida, which is an outreach for um, kids in our neighborhood from 5 to 12 years old that need an opportunity to 
receive a word, like Gabby said, of encouragement, someone that believes in them. And we started last year with 20 kids the first semester. We ended the year with 40 kids. And this year we went back with the 40 kids and um, we still have them and they are growing and they are believing in the purpose that God has for them. In the social project, we offer um, English classes, literature classes, Bible classes, arts classes this year, physical education. It's a very fun project. The kids love coming to it. Even today was raining and all the kids came because they love being in the project. They feel loved. So the kids ministry is growing a lot. A lot of the kids next year are turning 13. So they're excited to jump into the youth ministry. So it's been a very great connection from kids, youth and adults from church. We feel like the church is very united and that's what's making the church strong. So those are the two ministries that I've been working personally as um, as a, a leader for the kids. So I have a lot of the girls from the youth. They are leaders in the kids also. And like that, they train themselves to be inspiration also for the future. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a great outreach. And it's, it's also um, reaching out to the families. So that's good because through the kids, the families are also um, attracted to come to church. And we have a lot of families that started coming because of the kids. So that's uh, already a... Uh, reward for that work so it's been great mm-hmm. so is it is it like an after school program that is like a yes. couple times a week or, or what is it the social project happens twice a week on tuesdays and thursdays mm-hmm. from 3 to five thirty. it's an after school program so kids come literally after school because they finish school at three so they run sometimes in their uniforms and they change here because they don't want to miss out and we start with a snack because sometimes they come hung- they come like hungry from school. And then we start our activities. And then we divide the classes two days. I mean, a day we have physical education, literature. Another day we have Bible class, an arts class, an English class. So it depends on the day. And it's a two-hour-and-a-half program. And it's, it's for $5 per kid. We only ask for the $5 for snacks. So kids come with their little money and they pay. A lot of them cannot pay, so the moms just ask me if the kids can come. And, of course, the doors are open because our goal is to reach out to the kids. Mm -hmm. So it's been great. We have new uniforms this year. The kids are looking great. Everything is looking amazing. And it's growing more and more. Hmm. Cool. Um, Gabi, I am curious... Uh, to get your take on, uh, so you know, it's it's sort of a foreign concept uh, here in the states to be talking about. Well, first of all, um, in our churches, the idea of sort of youth youth pastorship is that I don't know if that's the right word or not, pastorship, but um, that that's not something that we have. We have more youth groups, generally speaking, at least the way we do it in our church. Um, and um, and they're sometimes for teaching, but a lot of times the adults will come and do the teaching, um, the, the adults from the church. Uh, and sometimes that's the ministers or, or the Bible class teachers and so on. Um, so uh, what, like, have there, well, let's, let's start with this. What, what are the advantages that you see of having someone uh, your age, someone younger, 
doing youth ministry as opposed to someone older? And what are the challenges associated with that? Well, I, I'll start with the challenges because I think that's what we deal with the most sometimes. I think like the challenges are like you, we were talking about earlier a little bit about image and stuff like that. Like, will mm-hmm. other people think I'm um, too young or or will they say that I'm not qualified to be a pastor? And so I've, I've heard it. That's why I'm, I'm sharing it with you. But, right, right. But like I was telling you earlier, like our, our qualification and, and our like, how do you say, like our acceptance doesn't come from people. You know, it comes from what God has over each person's life. So I always had this pa- pastoral, I think that's the word, yeah, yeah, calling over my life. And and it's for me, it was an honor last year when we were ordained or I was ordained pastor in, in the church and with the youth, you know. And, and it's an honor for me because I'm not just there for the youth because I'm also investing a lot for the adults because I always believe like the next generation of youth are going to be adults in the next 10 years. You know what I mean? Right. So I can't just build a church of youth people because it's one church. Kids, youth, adults, and everybody. You know, it's it's one church. So so that that's a challenge sometimes, you know, because sometimes I also preach like once a month. Uh, I preach in the adults uh, church, mm-hmm. like adult service, not church, adult service. And it's, it's awesome. I love it. And... And it, it was challenging at first because, like I said, I, I sometimes would not feel qualified to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I would feel like, how are they going to take from a 24-year-old, you know, like uh, older people, you know? And, and it was a challenge for me to, to understand that. But then, like I said earlier, God God is the one that, that makes us who we are. And God is the one that is going to always, like, I can't find the word for it. Like, he's going to get us ready for it you know he's mm-hmm. the one that is going to determine our our growth and, and where we're going what we're going to speak and, and so like i said it's it's challenging sometimes it and sometimes it's i i get nervous and stuff like that but but i believe in in, in the anointing and in the calling that god has over my life and and over the church also you know because i also believe that other pastors will be lifted up you know he, he, young, 24 25 26 i don't know how how old but i believe that because that's that's what i believe that god is is calling other people i don't i don't believe that everyone is called to be a pastor and and we don't preach that because not everyone is called to be a pastor not everyone is called to be a leader you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but there are those who who are called and those who want to respond to it you know so um like an advantage for me is um like i was telling you earlier I, i'm working right now in, in a in three public schools like mm-hmm. non-christian schools and as a teacher so my advantage is that i i am 24 years old as a teacher and i am connecting from monday to thursday with youth you know like sixth grade to uh, senior year you know and 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 that is that is my mission field right now beside the church. You know what I mean? It's it's my mission field where where God put me there to impact a bunch of youth people. I teach like 900 students a week. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm like that is it. You know, that's where God put me this year and 
and and the advantage is every student that asks me how old are you, I'm like I'm 24, and they some of them don't believe. They're like, there's no way you're you're a pastor. There's no way you studied seminary, and then I did college here also for theology. So that's that's twice, and that, that's four years. They're like, there's no way you're 24 and you did all that, and they get interested in it. They're like, how did you do it? Mm-hmm. You know what drives you to do it and that's my opportunity to to open up with them and, and share about my life and and share about what god is doing and, and and share about the church especially you know like they're like what church are you from like how are you a pastor and 24 years old what church is this and i'm like it's a church right around here and you're invited to come so i have this opportunity to with that like be a young pastor that they can look up to you know mm-hmm. i'm talking about the youth because Sometimes for us young people, it's it's hard to connect with older people. And I don't say right, that right. In, a, in an offensive way. I don't say that in a bad way. I say that it, there's just a gap sometimes of 20 years. Like there's a gap with my dad. He's 50. I'm 24. So there's a, there's a huge gap sometimes to connect directly, you know, like a youth. Mm-hmm. But when there's a smaller gap of let's say 24 and 20, then there's there's an opening, there's a door, there's an experience that, that that maybe I can teach. There's maybe something that I'm living at the same time as somebody else's. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to speak into their life, not just by experience, but what I'm actually going through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I see that as an advantage, and, and I see that as a privilege. And, and, and also, because some people here said like, oh, he... He was ordained too fast, 24 years old. And my dad said, he's like, I was ordained when I was 24 years old. Like, mm-hmm. there's no difference with me and him. I was 24. I'm just 50 now. And, and you don't notice it. But there's, I, I believe there's, there's a special thing for young people that just want to live out their lives for God. And it doesn't have to be just a pastoral calling. It can be anything in church, you know. So I, I believe in that. I believe that, that there are many youth today that are called into ministry, into missions, into whatever God has for them and and their age. I mean, it doesn't have to be an issue. We mm-hmm. see in Timothy, he was young. He was, he was taught since he was a kid. And Paul even says to him, he's like, don't let anyone tell you, like, how young you are or what you can do because of your age. It's like, and, and we see when you read Timothy, he was involved in a bunch of church stuff. Like he was mm-hmm. in charge of, of a bunch of things in church. And and we believe that. We believe that as a church. We believe that, that every person can be a minister. You know, every person can speak the gospel. Every person can be a witness of Jesus Christ. You know, not just, oh, everybody has to be a pastor, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I take it as an advantage. I take it as a challenge because it's not easy. And I have a whole life ahead of me of ministry. I'm 24 years old. I, I'm just starting. And, I mean, if you ask me again in 10 years when I'm 34, I mean, I'll have a different conversation because right. it will be 10 years of experience and 10 years of, 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 of God working in me. You know what I mean? So. It's been a very good year so far and, and challenging, but I mean, God is, is with us. So 
um, that's all we can count on, you know, like mm-hmm. what God says about us and what God puts us in, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I hope I answered your question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, do you guys have, uh, or, or could you muster up an encouraging word to share with those that are in the audience here, whether that's something that you're chewing on right now in your lives or or something that you recently taught out of the scriptures, um, some sort of encouragement that uh, the people who might be listening here would be able to take from this. Yeah, I can start again and then Hadassah can, can probably share something also. But man, I, what God has been really speaking to me about this whole year, like the whole year I'm talking about since January, because I was like, God, I want I want a theme. Like I want something that, that I can inspire the youth with this year. And, and he's been speaking to me a lot about that we are called to be lights you know and and i've been really like studying a lot about lights electricity how important it is you know like because here sometimes we have a storm outside and the electricity goes out you know because yeah. you live here right so it's the worst feeling ever because you feel like you can't do anything there's no internet there's no electric you're just sitting in bed or in your sofa like this is this is dumb or this is like <laughs> lame. So I was I was really thinking about this like this is how the world feels when when we as Christians don't shine our mm-hmm. light. People sit around and they're confused and they don't like what they're living and and they they're they're just stuck. I mean life is not fun. Because they're they're stuck in in what they don't see and and I've been preaching a lot about this with the youth and also with the adults like how God is speaking to me like you your biggest preaching it's your lifestyle you know mm-hmm. he, God has been speaking to me like your biggest preaching is not how good you prepared your word how how awesome it was your biggest preaching is how you live what you're preaching so. Like I shared, I, I'm working in three pub, public schools here, and man, I love it. It's hard, and it's hard because it's pure darkness. It's it's not church, and I always say when we go to church, everybody is shining, everybody is good, everybody is happy, everything is good, but when we go into a place where it's like darkness and there's oppression and there's suicide, and there is sin, and there is, bro, like, I'm telling you, it feels heavy, because that's the place where, where, where I'm shining at right now, and that's the place where, where God sometimes takes us to shine, and you're just a small light in the middle of this big darkness, you know what I mean? So what I would say to encourage anyone who's listening to this, it's like, man, God calls us to be a witness and that means that if, if God worked in your life, if, if Jesus not only saved you but transformed who you are, that means that you just have to witness to that. That means you just have to tell people what God did for you. And once you're doing that, you are, are shining this light of the gospel on people. So I encourage any youth who would listen or adult or, or kid, whoever is listening, I, I say this like I say to my youth. Let your light shine. 
and let your life be a light you know what i mean mm-hmm. not just what you say not just what you study or, or what you shared in your life group or cell group or youth group or any group that you have i mean let your life speak more than what you're actually saying you know so that's what i would encourage people to do because that's what god is doing with me you know because sometimes i want to go to the school that i'm teaching and i want to preach like about jesus and stuff but sometimes i don't because sometimes i just let my life show who i am and they come and they ask me why are you like this and i have an opportunity to share the gospel Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to shove it down anyone's throat. I don't have to say, accept Jesus and repeat this prayer with me and then forget about them once they do it. I can actually spend time and, and, and develop a relationship and, and let the light shine. You know what I mean? Because the Bible says wherever there's light, people are attracted to it. It doesn't mean all of them are saved, but at least they're attracted to it. You know what I mean? Like a city on a hill. That's that's our verse for this year like you are uh, the light of the world the city on a hill that cannot be hidden i mean i, I just translate it from spanish but mm-hmm. don't people don't get offended by the version but i just translate it. <laughs> but that's basically what that verse is saying like we we can't be hidden and and god wants us to shine so and and what i would say to encourage is, is that like let your light shine and and it's god that does the work in you is not yourself. I mean, you can try hard, you can prepare everything, you, but it's God that does the work. And and I think that has made my ministry very fruitful the way I see it because, of course, I prepare myself for it, but I let God do it. You know what I mean? I don't force it. I don't try to shove it. I don't. Tr- I I prepare myself. I say, God, these schools, you put me there to shine. And let your will be done today. You know, if one student comes and talks to me, great. If no one comes and talks to me, great. I'll go again next day and keep working there. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's what you're calling me to do. So that that would be my encouragement to whoever whoever's listening. Like, man, God has amazing plan for everyone. And he just wants us to be a witness. Either being a pastor, either being a leader, either being a guitar player either being a bass player, either sitting in a chair in church. God wants you to be a witness of what he is doing in your life. So mm-hmm. so that's what I would share. Adasa probably wants to share something also fast. <laughs> yeah, no, mine, it, um, the God, God just gave me a word this year for my personal life. I asked him for a specific word, and he gave me the word trust. And that has been my my... My anchor for this year is just trust in that Proverbs 3, 5 that says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Sometimes mm-hmm. we just want to try to do things our own way. And sometimes God is just leading us to a rest place and say, Trust me, I got this. So that has been what God has been speaking to me. And if there is anyone out there that needs a word of encouragement, just trust God and do not depend on what you're seeing or what you're expecting things to turn out, just trust that he's going to um, show you the path you need to take when you seek his will. So um, just that, just um, receive that word and trust in the Lord. And like Abby said, let your light, light shine wherever you're at and God will continue to show you the way for your life. So that's my personal encouragement word for this year. Awesome. Thanks, guys. 
Um, do you have any, but before we wrap up here, do yeah. you guys have any prayer requests that folks who are listening could pray for you for, or for your group, uh, that you're, that you're shepherding there? Yeah. I, I mean, prayer requests we always have, so it's good. And, um, for us personally, I think we would be praying for our, our, our baby that's coming like as a couple um we would want people that are listening to um pray for us i mean for health uh provision and we always trust god that in his provision he, and he has provided everything we needed so far so so just pray for that strength especially because it's going to be like a new stage in our lives and and we'll have to manage uh, family, ministry, work. So it's it's going to be new. I mean, it's not impossible to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody everybody does it. I mean, everybody that's married and had kids done it before. And it's not like it's something impossible to do. But just um, prayer for strength and and uh, encouragement to keep going. And yeah, that's that's probably what we'd have for for us as a couple uh, for a church for our church. Um, we just pray that that God would keep um, igniting the fire in people's hearts to actually activate themselves in church. You know, like, hey, I can make a difference. You know, hey, I can reach out to people. And that is my biggest prayer for everybody in our church. You know, like, believe that God can do something through you, not just for you. He already did something for us which was he, he sent his, his son for us to save us and give us eternal life and a great life on earth but now what does god want to do through you you know so that's that's what i want for our church that's what our our pastors here pastor oscar and karen is is what they're praying you know that people will start waking up to hey god wants to use you also you know not just for pastors in a church not just uh, five leaders God wants to use you, you know, and so I would say a prayer request for our church is that like pray for for the people here, pray for um, this cultural thing sometimes that makes people just want to receive, you know, like I go to church just to receive, mm-hmm. and we 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 don't want that, you know, we we want people to receive, but we want people to once they receive, give to somebody else, you know what I mean. Because if we just receive it for ourselves, then it just stays there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when we receive, then we can give. You know, the gospel is based on giving. You know, God gave his son. Jesus gave his life. So we pray that people would give their lives also. You know, they would give their time. They would give their kids. They would give their, uh, I mean, I don't know, give <laughs> their money i mean stuff like that you know give what god wants him to give you know what i mean and in in that way reach out to other people you know mm-hmm. so that would be a prayer request like to pray for the people here you know that, that they would um become active that they would understand the gospel that is be a witness of christ that like i said earlier doesn't mean you you have to be in a ministry or you have to be a pastor. It just means that you witness and you talk about what you saw. And what you saw is that God changed your life through Jesus. And, and you can share that with people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would be prayer requests for church. 
Awesome. Thanks. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else you guys want to chat about before we wrap up here? I think I think we're good. I think it was fun talking about um, everything that's happening down here in Paraguay and people to also know um, not just who we are, but actually what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just to wrap up, like the church is growing. I know you were here when it started and it has grown a lot since then. But God is doing a big work down here with the adults, the youth, the kids. Pastor Oscar and Karen, they are working as hard as uh, we are. I mean, we inspire ourselves from them. You know, we see them working and we're like, we got to push with them. So, man, church is is a blessing working for God. I mean, there's no other thing that we would rather be doing right now. I mean, and and that's what we just would like to encourage everyone that's listening. Don't, Don't waste what God has for you. I mean, whether it's it's anything that God already told you to do or, or a calling over your life. Don't waste it. God has great things for for people in Paraguay, for people in America, for people in Canada, for people in everywhere where there's an, uh, a church, everywhere where there's a mission planted. God has something for each one of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thank you so much, Lucas, for for inviting us to be on your podcast. It's an honor for us to be able to share what God is doing down here you know we're very honored and and very happy that you reached out to us and it's a privilege for us to be with with you today absolutely you guys know that uh that we'll when when we're together we'll always have uh have good times and have have encouraging words shared so uh it's it's my pleasure to have you guys on and uh thank you for for being willing. Thank you for, for the words that you shared, the encouragement that you shared. And, uh, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll have to check up on you guys eventually. Sounds good. Anytime you want us to do another one, we're open. We're always willing to like you're doing spread the gospel some way. All right. And, And we're happy to be here today. So thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks everyone who is listening in here. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you later. Ciao. Ciao. All right, guys. Thanks a lot for listening in. I appreciate it. Um, If you want to get in contact with myself or if you want to reach out to Gabi, please feel free to send me over an email at fromthepew12 at gmail.com. And I will reach out to Gabi and get uh, get the contact information shared or, or if it's just for me, I can, uh, respond to you. No problem. Uh, again, that's from the pew one, two at gmail.com. If you are liking this content, be sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or follow me on SoundCloud. Um, I appreciate that. I appreciate the, the folks who are taking the time to listen in. Um, and if you do that, this content will come straight to you so you don't have to go out looking for it. So be sure to do that. Uh, that's all for me, folks. Have a good one. Ciao.